the league was really good. You know, you talk about Taylor Coppenrath, TJ Sorrentine, Jose Juan Barreas, and when Northeastern was still in the conference. So the league was very good and it was a challenging conference and still is. You know, again, UMBC won a game in the NCAA tournament. You are listening to the Three Pillars Podcast, presented by the American East Alumni Network. Here is your host, Sam Schwartz. Let's introduce one of the newest head coaches in the America East Conference by way of Bryant becoming the newest member institution of the America East Conference. You probably know the name by now, Jared Grasso. He led Bryant to its first ever NCAA tournament at the Division I level in his fourth season as head coach of the Bulldogs. Coach Grasso, appreciate you taking the time and excited to, to get to know uh, your thoughts on joining the America East. Appreciate you having me, Sam. So let's let's go back to this past season, uh, great season, first ever Northeast Conference Championship for your program. Like I said, your fourth season, you earned that extension uh, after after the fact. So congratulations on on that. But take me through just this this championship season of yours and how it all came together. Yeah, you know it's funny. We struggled early in the year. Um, very difficult non-conference schedule. Went through like a stretch of um, flu. COVID, we had like a three week stretch of different illnesses, got shut down for COVID before Christmas. And then kind of once we got back from Christmas, kind of started to build and have our full group on the floor together. And I think kind of by early February, we started playing our best basketball and the group really meshed as the season went on. And we had a tough, edgy, competitive group and, you know, some older guys and guys who have been around and, and guys who have played in big games before. And, you know, the, the previous year we lost in the conference championship. So I think we had some guys with a chip on their shoulder and, and wanted the opportunity to have a chance to play an NCAA tournament and chance to cut down nets and really proud of the way this group came together. And uh, it, it was a, the way the year went and everything we went through made it more satisfying at the end because there were some bumps in the road and it wasn't an easy journey, but guys worked really hard and, uh, and really proud of the group we had this year. Yeah. Now following this championship season, you switched leagues, you moved to the America East conference, America East conference can now say that they had two teams in the tournament last year, I guess you could put it, put a spin on it that way. But uh, what, what challenges coach, come with switching conferences. I mean, you really don't get a chance to defend your title because you're switching switching leagues. So what, what challenges come with, um, you know, trying to build off of last season, but doing so in another league? You know, obviously the America East has a great basketball tradition from Vermont and all the success they've had. UMBC winning the game in the NCAA tournament. Albany had a stretch of great runs, you know. So there's multiple teams in the league who have had really good seasons and really good stretches of, of multiple years of basketball. Um, obviously Vermont has, has perennially been really good the last, since I can remember, you know, I was coaching University of Hartford against Taylor Coppenrath and those groups. And, you know, so they're, they're a team that we're striving to get where they've been multiple conference championships, multiple NCAA tournaments, NCAA tournament wins. And so it's going to be a challenge. Um, but I also think it's something refreshing for, for me, for our guys, it's, again, a new challenge, new teams, 
we haven't seen a lot of. And I think it's exciting. It's exciting as a university. It's exciting for our program. And again, we know we're going we're to have our work cut out for us. And, you know, with, with the group we've put together and our returning guys, hopefully we have a chance to be competitive. But new challenge. And I think it's something that, that our group is excited about. Um, just seeing new teams and kind of a little bit of new life and new juice. You just mentioned one of the best players in conference history, Taylor Coppenrath, and that was uh, a, a glorious time in the history of, of Vermont basketball. They ended up getting that win over Syracuse in the NCAA tournament 2005. So uh, what what else do you remember from, from this league? And obviously that was uh, a time where Tom Brennan was around. I don't know if you're you're ready to, to reconnect with, with him as he sits courtside at most of those games. Yeah, I mean, I, the, the league was really good. You know, you talk about Taylor Coppenrath, TJ Sorrentine, Jose Juan Barea, so when Northeastern was still in the conference. So the league was very good, and it was a challenging conference, and still is. You know, again, UMBC won a game in the NCAA tournament uh, three years ago, and Vermont has had an unbelievable success. And, again, you could go down the line of teams who have had stretches where they've been really good. So we know it's going to be a challenge. And, again, from I've known the league for 20 years from coaching in it whatever it was 18 years ago and and following the league throughout and there's really good coaches really good programs and we know it's going to be a challenge and it's going to be something different but again i think it's something that's energized our guys because it's a new challenge and the, the nec you know i played in the nec coached in the nec and and had great experiences there and kind of looking forward to something new and something refreshing you mentioned J.J. Barea, who ended up going on to play in the NBA and win a championship, but uh, a team that was on uh, – the team that he was on, Northeastern, no longer in this league. So how much studying do you have to do, I guess, on on the teams that are currently in this league? Yeah, you know, we've started that process just in terms of style of play and, and players coming back, who guys are bringing in. And, you know, it's it's – Again, it's going to be an adjustment. You come into a league, you're used to playing against certain teams, certain systems, certain styles. So that'll be something new for us. But again, it's going to be the same for everybody else. You know, we play a little bit differently in terms of our style and uh, we'll be an adjustment for the teams in the league currently. But it, for us, it's really going to be about us. Um, I don't get overly caught up in opponents and, and who we're playing against. Really, it's about us being the best version of ourselves and us, you know, our journey and us being able to build our program and continue to get better every day. So we're more about our ourselves especially with a, a large group of, of guys coming in you know of a large recruiting class coming in but we've already started breaking up teams and breaking teams down and breaking down rosters and style of play just to prepare ourselves yeah I was gonna say coach with the transfer portal being the way it is and you've certainly benefited off it this year which we'll get to in a second it must it must not be uh, there must not be much continuity from year to year no matter what league you're in so maybe that does make the adjustment a little bit better yeah, I'll tell you what. It's funny when I took when I went to uh, Iona College with Tim Clues. Tim was kind of ahead of the curve with when I got the job there. His thing is I want to get older guys. You know, we want transfers. We want junior college transfers. You know, we want to get old and stay old. And that was his philosophy uh, coming from the Division two level. So we recruit a little bit differently then, and definitely were ahead of the curve then. There were guys we brought into Iona that if they were in the transfer portal now would have ended up at Kentucky, Duke, North Carolina. You know, we had. Momo Jones, Mike Glover, Jordan Washington. I mean, I could go down the line of really high-level guys. So part of it is I'm kind of used to recruiting that way. But since the transfer portal has started, obviously everyone's roster is in flux. So you're looking at other teams right now and not really knowing who's coming back, who's staying, who they're bringing in. So you really need to worry about yourself and your own team because it's changed. There's a lot more turnover in rosters. Teams are bringing in larger recruiting classes and losing guys. So it's the nature of the beast, college basketball changes, and there's different things that happen in terms of the rules. And 
kind of the cycle of uh, college basketball. And it's a little bit different now, but everyone's in the same boat and everyone's kind of, you have to adjust to readjust and kind of put your program in position to be successful. Yeah. Coach, in terms of recruiting and being close in proximity to the rest of the America East conference teams, I'm sure you've had your battles over the year competing for recruits. Yeah. You know what? It's funny. We've kind of, since we've recruited a little bit differently and we've probably done a little more transfer recruiting than some other programs, we haven't gone head to head a ton with the America East or even in, in conference with the NEC, we've kind of been a little bit outside the box with our recruiting. Um, but I think now coming into the league, there'll be more of those battles. And nowadays everyone is recruiting a lot of guys because you're recruiting high school guys, you know, you're recruiting transfers, guys are recruiting junior colleges. So you can always end up involved with guys that other programs are recruiting. And for us, it's just about getting guys with the right fit who want to get a great education at Bryant, want to have a chance to play in a program that hopefully will become a perennial winning program and want to have a chance to make money playing basketball when they're done here. And, you know, kind of in that order, those are the things that we're looking for and guys who kind of fit our style of play. So whether we're recruiting against, you know, someone in the America East or recruiting against the Big East, it's kind of been all over the board, depending on guys and their situations. But for us, it's just about getting guys with the right fit for our program and kind of the way we do things here. Bryant landed arguably the face of March Madness in 2022. Doug Eddard, certainly the mustache of March Madness this year. Uh, coming from St. Peter's, who made a historic run as a 15 seed. How did you land Doug? Yeah, he's a kid I've, I've known since high school. Um, Jim Rat, kind of a, a self-made player who obviously had an unbelievable run, both in their conference tournament and then the NCAA tournament. And he was looking for just a different situation and it wasn't just basketball related, you know, the campus, the atmosphere here. Um, I think our style of play and some of the things we do were a fit for him. And, you know, we, we built a pretty good relationship since, since he had gone in the portal and, and, and spent a lot of time talking about what his dreams and goals were and what he was looking for. And he came up to campus and, and really enjoyed his time here, both, what we're trying to do basketball wise, the opportunity to get a really good education and just kind of the buzz and vibe on campus about our program. Um, you know, we sold out our last six home games this year and kind of the students really being involved. There's an excitement and buzz about our program. So being on campus and kind of getting that feel excited him and I think he's a kid who could, could have has a chance to have a really an excellent career for us kind of fits the way we play offensively and a tough kid who's a gym rat. And those are the kind of guys I want in my program. Yeah, and you just had the top scorer in the country last year, Peter Kiss, who uh, has moved on to play professionally. So what is Doug going to do for your program? You know, he's a guy who can really make shots, really good basketball IQ, and he's a gym rat and a kid who's overachieved, wasn't heavily recruited coming out of high school and has worked to turn himself and was a good player then and has worked to continue to improve both offensively and defensively. So I think he's a guy who can score the ball for us. He's a guy who knows how to play and he's made big shots in big games. And there's something to be said for that playing on a big stage and stepping up and making plays. Usually guys who do that have a high level of confidence because they put the work in and he's a guy who's a worker and, you know, a guy we're really excited to have and be able to grow with us for two years. He's coming off a historic season, as I mentioned, at St. Peter's, and you know their their head coach was able to to move on after that. And I, I actually want to ask, in terms of of your pedigree and now being a championship coach, I'm I'm sure you you looked at opportunities. Um, I guess I won't speak for you, but in terms of of maybe having the opportunity to move on after bringing this program to new heights, what made you stay around and sign that contract extension? 
I'll tell you what, Brian has been really good to me. The uh, Our administration has been unbelievable. We have a great president, great athletic director, the head of a board of trustees and members of our board have been great to me and my family. And, you know, when we came here, myself and our staff had kind of a vision for, for building a program and building a championship program. And, you know, with the excitement of moving to the America East, we're building a brand new uh, arena and convocation center. It was a really good situation for my family. My family's very happy here. You know, I have three young children in school and, and are, they've embraced us here at Bryant. And, you know, there were opportunities and, and some conversations that took place. But for myself and my family, this was the right place for me to be. And I'm excited about the future here. I think we have a chance to really build something. And, you know, this the support you need from, from our administration to be successful and the buzz of our student body and kind of what we're able to do last year. You know, I think we have a chance to do some exciting things here. And I think it's the reason we're able to have some recruiting success this offseason. You know, when you come to campus, it's a different job than it was four years ago. And um, I think the future is bright here and with an unbelievable administration and leadership here. I think the university and program have a chance to continue to take steps forward. Certainly poised to build off that season, even with a little bit different look to your roster. We mentioned Doug Edder coming in, but you also stole a, a transfer away from Penny Hardaway, which I assume is not, not an easy feat. How were you able to be so successful in the transfer portal and recruiting this offseason? Yeah, the, the, there are a lot of guys that we had previous relationships with different reasons. Uh, you know, Chauncey Hawkins played in the Northeast Conference, so it was someone I was very familiar familiar with. You know, down the line, Sharif Kenny, our staff had a relationship with, and Kayvon Kramer, our staff knew very well. He was from Delaware. Phil Martelli was an assistant coach, University of Delaware. Um, Antoine Walker, the D.C. kid. Uh, Sharif Kenny's a D.C. kid, and Earl Timberlake are all kind of from the DMV area all knew each other and kind of recruited each other, which is what you want. You know, for me, I think our best recruiters are our players because I tell them all the time. I tell guys we recruit, talk to our guys about the experience they have here, both as student athletes and and what is the basketball experience going to be like? What are you going to get out of it? How do we run the program, the good and the bad? And, you know, I feel like there's been our guys have had success. We've been able to turn a program that was struggling around into a winning program. And, you know, with some of the transfers, you know, Peter Kiss transfers in and leads the country in scoring. Hall Lazius transfers in as one of the top shot blockers in the country. So we've had success with transfers in the past. And, you know, I think we've been able to sell that and kind of the success we had this year and our style of play. So and sometimes it comes down to luck. You know, we got a handful of guys that we targeted and were able to get on their first or second visit. They, they committed to us on visits. So we got the guys we targeted. And I think we're excited about the group we're bringing in. It's a large group, but. Again, everyone's kind of in the same boat with rosters in flux. And you try and get guys who are talented, want to get a great education and understand what we're about, understand kind of the core values of our program and how hard they're going to have to work here. And I think the guys we brought in are bought into working and, and want to be successful on and off the court. So I am excited about the group we've been able to put together. Coach, you mentioned the arena that's coming down the pike for your program. Can you just elaborate on the excitement and, and what it means to you to see this university uh, invest in in your program in the athletic department? Yeah, I mean, it says a lot about the commitment to athletics and the commitment to our men's basketball program. Um, you know, something that started being discussed maybe two years ago and didn't know if or when it would happen. I think kind of 
this year and some of the success and, and, and the timing of it was right. And it's going to be great for the university arena convocation center um, will be state of the art. And uh, I think it'll be great for our men's and women's basketball program, our volleyball programs and for the university. It's something we need. And I think it's something that for me and for our players, we're excited about. And again, we had an unbelievable home court advantage this year with unbelievable crowds, but it's an arms race at times and you always want to take those next steps and have those things to be able to show in recruiting and be able to sell, you know, as part of your program. And I think for us, that was another thing about trying to take the next step. So something I'm really excited about and looking forward to getting in there. I do want to ask how much you enjoy playing in that, that facility you have now that has been packed, as you just mentioned, uh, and is, I guess, similar. I mean, you could almost equate it. I don't know how much you remember being in Patrick Gym from your days at, at Hartford, but that that's a place that is always packed, always loud. Um, what What is it like playing in that gym? Yeah, I'll tell you what. I mean, the, the way we finished the season, our last five or six home games were sold out by the conference tournament. There were people waiting online for two or three, four hours for tickets. People were scalping tickets. Um, it's a credit to our players. You know, they I tell those guys all the time when you talk about culture and building a program like culture is the word, you know, it's like coach speak and everyone throws around their culture. Culture is about people and about players. And we had a talented group who obviously put a, a solid uh product on the floor but it wasn't just about that our guys are involved on campus involved in the community going to other student athletes games so because of their personalities and because of who they are people want to be around them and then you start winning and start having success and you come to home games where you know the place is loud the place is packed it's a great environment when kids start coming to games and they, they feel a part of that then you're able to build that kind of culture in terms of what your whole program is about and I think this year we finally took that step of having a good product and then the student body and the community starting to become a part of it. And you bring up Vermont, Patrick, Jim, you know, that's something they've had for years. And that's something we wanted to build when we got here. You know, I tell the story, my first home game, I think there were 12 people in the stands and four of them were my family, four of them were Coach Martelli's family. So there were about four other fans there. And I remember whispering to him, said, this will change. And you know, four years later, we're able to see that come to fruition and credit to our players and credit to our staff. And it's something hopefully moving forward. This is a place that'll be, you know, sold out every night. And that's kind of what we're looking for. Yeah, really cool to see it grow and continue to grow with a new arena on the horizon, similar to Vermont. They they have started construction up there to, to eventually move out of Patrick Gym, which is uh, still a, a special place. And obviously we have UMBC who's playing in a new event center there, beautiful arena uh, down there. But um Coach, what uh, excites you most about joining the America East Conference? You actually just touched on our three pillars, um, so I'll, I'll start start here. You you mentioned uh, that your your student athletes not only being a good program, good basketball players, but being active in the community and um, you know being being successful academically. So, have you looked at the the three pillars and how your program maybe has already aligned with that for the past few years? Yeah, I just think as a university, you know, to be in those sentences and be involved with the type of universities who are in the American East, um, from an academic standpoint, I think it's great for our university. And, you know, we've been about bringing student athletes, student first to want to get a really good education, want to be part of a basketball program that we're building and hoping to continue to build and want to be involved in the community and, and want to give back. And that's really important to me, really important to, uh, to my staff. And it's something our guys know, like, we're going to give back and we're going to be involved with a lot of things. That's part of being part of this program. And, you know, I think we offer a, a really good package here of academics and, and athletics and the social life and, and other things 
outside of basketball that you can have a really good experience here. I think the America East is filled with institutions who are very similar. So I think it was a really good fit for us um, in a lot of ways. And again, I think for me as a coach, it's something that's refreshing and it, it kind of re-energizes you a little bit because it's new. It's like when you take over a job and you're going into a conference and trying to figure it out, it's kind of that same feel of trying to figure out what do we need to do to be what do we need to do to continue to be successful in a new league that we don't have a comfort level with? What are the differences? What changes do we need to make as a program? So, you know, I'm really excited for the change. I know as a university, we're really excited about the move. And I think the time was right for, for us to make this move. And I think for our program, it's something that hopefully being, you know, in the conversation with programs, again, who have won games in the NCAA tournament. And that's where we're trying to get to. And there's programs who have done that and have had that level of success. So when it comes to basketball, you know, you, you want to be around those type of teams and, and you're trying to build to be a team who can make that type of run. So I think it's, it's a great move for, for, for us as an institution and it's really exciting for us as a basketball program. The ESPN app and America East app are your home for America East games all season long. Download the America East app on your app store for full schedules, on-demand content, and more. Let's get to know you a little bit more before we before we let you go. Let's start by telling us where you're from and how you got your start coaching basketball. Yep. Um, grew up in Long Island, Syosset, New York, uh, son of a coach. So I tell people all the time, my dad gave me a basketball when I was three years old and I still haven't let go of it. So I grew up in the gym, you know, my dad coached in high school, college and at the professional level. So A, I was blessed to be around the game from a very young age and B, blessed to be, be around really good people, uh, really good high school coaches. Uh, my dad worked for Steve Clifford at Adelphi, who ended up coaching the NBA, Orlando Magic. Uh, my dad worked for Rick Pitino, who obviously has had a ton of success. So I was blessed to be around really good people at a young age and knew I was going to play as long as I could. When I was done playing, I wanted to coach. It was kind of the family business for me. So it was my passion from a young age. And, you know, once I realized probably some point early on in college, I wasn't going to be an NBA player. Um had the opportunity to play professionally overseas, ended up having back surgery right after my senior year, and then moved, uh, took a graduate assistant spot at Hofstra, and I've been in the profession for 20 years now, which is crazy to hear myself say that I've been coaching for 20 years, because I still feel like I'm 20 years old. But, you know, I was blessed to be around really good people and, uh, and learn from really good mentors. All right, what's the player card look like from Jared Grasso? Give me the uh, the the height, uh, position. We don't need to get into the scoring averages unless you got something to brag about. <laughs> I don't talk about it very often. Six three point guard, um, kind of scoring point guard. You know, I, I guess I'd be called a combo nowadays. But um, six three scoring point. You know, I was blessed to play for a really good college coach, and uh, I was at Quinnipiac when they made the transition to Division One. So it was kind of similar coming here. You know, we were. When I got to Quinnipiac, we were ranked last in the country when I got there and four years later played in the conference championship game. So that's what I'm proudest of as a player, kind of being able to be, be the part of the building block of a program and getting them as far as they've, you know, they've ever been in, in their Division One history. Um, so I'm prouder of that than any of the individual accolades. That stuff doesn't really excite me, but being part of building something and, and the success we had there was something that I'll cherish forever. Yeah, that's awesome. And to be able to continue to do a similar thing, as you mentioned at Brian, is is really cool and I'm sure rewarding. What if you can pick one thing or a few things from your entire coaching experience that have been the most rewarding, what would it be? I mean, first off, the relationships I've had with, you know, 
my former players and, and current players as they move on. Um, you know, I still stay in touch with, you know, 40, 50 guys that I've coached over the years and some are still playing professionally. Some are making money on wall street guys in different walks of life, but guys that hopefully I had an impact on. And, and, you know, one of the things I, I talk about all the time is I'm very blunt and honest with guys when I recruit them um, and, and carry myself the same way with them when I coach them. And I think it's the reason I've been able to build pretty authentic relationships with guys because they know I care. And for me, it's more about, and if I'm a competitor and want to win and all those things are obviously very important to me, but helping these guys be successful in life is what it's about for me. And those guys calling or texting and you get those happy father's days text or happy birthday or checking in to see how my family's doing. And, you know, that stuff is really important. And I think at the end of the day, it's what it's all about. We're trying to help young men become grown men and put them in position to be successful for their lives from the lessons we learned. And I was, I was blessed to be raised and around really great mentors. So for me, it's about giving back and helping them learn about life, helping them learn a work ethic and the things it's going to take to be successful. And, you know, so my, my proudest moments are when a player getting a wedding invitation from a player, them telling me about the, you know, them having a baby or being involved in their lives after, after college and moving on and being able to help them. Um, and then when it comes to the basketball piece, you know, cutting down nets and being a part of a pile and part of an NCAA tournament, you know, outside of, you know, the birth of my children, you know, those are some of the most special moments of my life. Um, and it's hard to explain, you know, to people when you put so much work in with a group and you go through so much and there's ups and downs to a season and you can go through a lot together and seeing, you know, grown 23, 24 year old men crying because they worked so hard and finally were able to reach that goal you've talked about all year. I think it's a special thing because they understand work ethic and going through adversity and kind of, cause that's real life, you know, that's, that's what's going to carry them in their lives. So those moments and, and opportunities have been really special for me going to six NCAA tournaments and playing in 12 postseasons. you know, those things have, have been really special to me in terms of the basketball piece. Coach, I want to pick on a word that you just said after cutting down nets. You mentioned pile. I don't know if it's often we see a coach in a pile. Is that something that you just alluded to? No, I've never been in that pile, but seeing our players in a pile on the floor after a championship, um, I don't think I've ever dove into one of those. I've been still recovering from the back surgery of 20 years ago. Um, but just seeing seeing that emotion from guys, like it's a different level of emotion that some have ever felt. You know, you, when you work for years to reach a certain goal and see it come to fruition, uh, it's, it's a beautiful thing. It's an unbelievable thing. And it's something you talk about and it's something – through a season, you know, want to cut down nets, want to win a championship. And when you work really hard and are able to, you got to get lucky and certain things have to fall in place to have those opportunities. But when you get to the end of that road and you see the emotions of guys, it shows why you put all that work in. And so those, some of my most special moments of basketball are those days or sitting at a selection Sunday and just seeing the smiles on guys' faces, knowing what they went through to get to that point. Coach, let's get into personality a little bit more. What is your favorite sport aside from basketball when you somehow aren't holding a basketball if that time ever comes? There's not very much of that time, but I'd probably say I'm a baseball guy. Um, you know, baseball is actually when I was growing up was my best sport. So, you know, I'm a I'm a Yankee fan and a, still a New York fan. So I'm, I would probably have to say baseball guy, a little bit of football, but it's hard because it falls during the season. And once the season starts for me, I'm straight basketball and basically don't watch anything else outside of video and a few college games at night. Um, but over the summer, I'm a baseball guy. 
when you make it up to the America East headquarters, uh, it's it's going to be an em- enemy territory. I'm a Sox fan, and I'm I'm proud to to be headquartered in in Boston. So we may have a little rivalry going on. I'm used to it. I've been in New England now. I went to Quinnipiac. I've been in. I was at University of Hartford. I'm a Bryant now. So I've been around New England my whole life, and I'm used to the I'm used to the Yankee Red Sox battles. So I'm good with that. Sounds good. It's a good one. All right, you a morning or night person? <sighs> Both. Um, I'm not a lot of sleep person, so it depends on time of year. I'm, I'm definitely a morning person. You know, I'm usually uh, up by four thirty, five o'clock in the morning, especially with young children. Uh, you don't get to control that anymore with uh, three under six. My son just turned six, so I got three six and under. Um, so you don't get to control that sleep schedule anymore. So it could be morning or night, but I probably get my best work done in the morning. Um, you know, I try and set some time aside for myself every morning to get the important things done, hopefully before my kids wake up and to kind of start my day right. Uh, but there's times you end up burning the candle on both ends because for me, you know, I put a lot of time into my job, but my family is really important to me. So prioritizing both of those things is, you know, I, I, my goal as a coach is to be able to prioritize my family and basketball and put a time, ton of time into it, but try and not take away from either. And there's no perfect synergy to it, but my goal is to find the greatest synergy in that that I can. Yeah, certainly nonstop. When you're having those family barbecues, are you going for a hamburger or a hot dog? I'm a hamburger guy, but I'm the one you grilling. That's one thing. I'm, uh, I'm not cooking much in the kitchen, but when the grill gets going, I am the grill master. All right, you and I have that in common for sure. A burger. I'll have a dog, but I'm I'm a burger too. Um, what is your dream vacation? Somewhere if I'm you on get the beach. If, when you get some time away, yeah, I know it's got to be with the, the family. Somewhere on the beach, hot and sunny and quiet. Um, for me, vacation and again with with, with three little ones, vacations have become different. But pre children, it would be on the beach, sun relaxation reading a book putting my feet up um now it's going to disney world and taking the taking the three and enjoying my family and and my wife but you know the perfect vacation for me right now probably doesn't exist with the three little ones running around but i would sign up for three days in the sun of quiet and reading and relaxing any day of the week all right i think now is the time of the year where you may have your best shot at that so hopefully you you do get some downtime before you gear up and start prepping for those america east opponents coming up in 22 23 excited to watch the games on espn 3 and espn plus coach really appreciate the time welcome to the america east conference thanks very much sam appreciate you having me and look forward to working with you guys Thanks for listening to the Three Pillars podcast brought to you by the America East Alumni Network. More episodes can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and SoundCloud. So hit that subscribe button to be alerted to new episodes. And for more, visit AmericaEast.com.